Welcome to the Men of Eight Gang Podcast, episode 395. I'm Steve Borsch, and I'm on with Tim Elliott. Yes, how you doing? Great. And uh, Phil Wilson. Morning, everybody. How you doing? Hmm. I'm oh, we're not, we're not digging out from the blizzard, so that's Yeah, good. what happened? Yeah, what yeah. happened to our 20 inches of snow? Well, I just yeah, posted a fo- photo on Instagram about it. Yeah, but, down down in Mankato, they got hit, but up yeah. here, not so much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's perfectly dry here. I know. So It's funny. It's oh, funny. man. It went from like a potential 20 inches to two inches to nothing. Yeah. Dusty. <laughs> well, and I, I uh, just got done reading a, a little post by uh, Mike Lynch. Yeah. You know, you know the the meteorologist. Yeah. I think he's, I can't remember. Is he with KSTP? No, WCCO. WCCO. And um, he, he just basically said, you know, every model was pointing this way and saying this and all of that. And he said, I, I still can't figure out why it, it shifted so dramatically. Um, and, and there's a lot of head scratching going on. Because we mm-hmm. don't understand uh, how to predict the weather. That's all there is to it. Yeah, but you know what? Well, the, models, the models aren't accurate. Yeah, the models well, are no, accurate. they're fake. They're fake news. Models yeah. are fake weather. They're yeah, fake they are. Weather. The, the polls are crazy. fake and the weather the weather models are fake. Come on. These scientists don't know Jack. Uh, <laughs> wow. Man, all of a sudden you're a climate change denier. Oh, yeah. In my dreams. No, not uh, a chance. Uh, okay. Not a chance. Was, it, anyway. was, it, was, it, was the prediction done by 538? Is that, was that the deal or... Uh... You know what I'm saying? Nate Silver, did he predict the weather? Is that what? No. Same reason? No. Same problem? No. No. So. No. Anyway. Anyway, let's talk some Minnesota, some Minnesota tech stories. There aren't a whole lot right no, now. No, it's a little quiet no. this week. But, but um, uh, Mayo yeah. is investing in an app out of San Francisco, I see. Yeah. Yeah, and that was uh, that, written up in TechCrunch. Yeah. Um, this makes a lot of sense, though. It's uh, a virtual assistant that exactly. uh, is you know, on, your, on your smartphone and uh, will help elderly people. More than likely. Well, this can't be the first one out there. There's no. got to be m- millions of them. I guess. I'm sure that Mayo is also investing in a bunch of other ones, too. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure well, I'm sure they're doing Sensely. a lot. I, I would bet that Mayo is uh, deeply involved with IBM and Watson. You would think so. With respect to healthcare. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, right across the street yeah. and all. Yeah. I actually, I actually think that the Apple Watch will, will really carve out a place in healthcare, actually. Well, you know? so do I. And you know what? You know, it, it does kind of bug me. You guys me that, keep saying that. You guys well, keep... it's because it's true. I look at the bottom of this watch and the sensors that are on there, and um, the only time they they activate is when you're using the workout app, mm-hmm. um, you know, because it's doing um, your heartbeat and so forth. Well, but, I mean, this, the whole health kit piece was supposed to be this big deal, and, and that's been around for how many years now, guys? And nobody's like really done three it. Three years. Three years, years. But, oh. yeah, well, we'll Nobody see what done. happens at the Worldwide Developers Conference in June that Apple will be having. And, um, um, it, it, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's all about the uh, the FDA and what is required from an evidentiary standpoint to approve a device to do certain things. And sure. this would this would be kind of an overall platform device, uh, and I'm sure it's more stringent than that in terms of what they have to do to make sure apps actually work. Well, yeah, is there going to be? But yeah, but is there that tight of an oversight on something that's that's personal uh, on your own device, not sh- being shared? Is there that that kind of oversight? I, in that? You know, I, I think so, and I, I I'm basing this only on uh, what happened with 23andMe when I had my genetic workup done, right? And uh-huh. they were making predictions 
based on what haplogroup you were in because people would answer these questions on surveys. And the FDA finally cracked down on them, you know, because, I mean, you could look on it and say, I have, you know, this percentage chance of having cardiovascular disease or diabetes or, you know, whatever. And the the issue that the FDA had was your sample size is way too small. And the people who are participating in 23andMe are atypically motivated um, to, to answer things and, and, and so forth. And so it's not... You know, there's no there's no opportunity to do random sampling and all that, so they made them take it down, basically. Hmm. Um, those of us who, who already have it are grandfathered in. We can keep well, it. Well, I think I think it's back now. So, well, it's back to back a degree, now. but it's yeah. been modified heavily, um, and and that's why. So I think think the same thing's going on with the Apple Watch and devices like it. Mm-hmm. Um, is that there's got to be a way to to randomize the data, and obviously Apple wants to keep the data private. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Hashtag innovate MN. <laughs> there you go. How was that for a segue, huh? Hashtag. That, you, you, are, you are amazing, Tim. Like being on with Fallon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But anyway, that uh, you were alluding to that this is, there was a, a piece in the Star Tribune about uh, St. Paul is trying to attract more innovation and technology jobs. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, and that that tied into that what we were talking about last week, which was the hashtag innovate MN thing from Deed. Yep, which uh, is the Department and, of Employment and Economic Development. For everyone listening, see, yes. you are correct, sir. So, so they are trying to tap into that. They're trying to make it more appealing, putting together you know incentives to get technology companies to relocate to uh, St. Paul. Yep, all the stuff that you know th- that most cities of our ilk are uh, trying to do. So. Yeah. Well, what I thought was interesting in this article was uh, saying that there are 141,934 people working in the technology industry in Minnesota in 2015, which is an increase of about 5,500 people. Um, What's interesting is that the printing and publishing industry, as you guys have heard me say before, back in the 90s when I was at Apple, um, employed 55,000 people in the state of Minnesota. And that number is under 8,000 now. So, you know, printing press operators and, you know, people doing pre-press work for print and all of that. I mean, it's pretty much over. And um, and this this category keeps growing. But but let me ask you guys this. Are you troubled by the fact that there's sort of this umbrella of technology industry? I mean, because it's it, I mean, that's pretty broad. It's very broad. I mean, that's I, I would agree with you. I, I think that was sort of exemplified. We've got a link that we will post in the show notes to the uh, 100 technology job openings in the St. Paul area. Uh, this was provided by Patch, which I agree with you, Steve. It's like, I didn't think Patch was still I around. Patch I was used, gone. Yeah, that was an AOL, AOL strategy. Yeah. Well, no, the AOL sold them a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're actually doing pretty well now. Yeah, really? I've, I've, okay. I've, I've seen a couple of different yeah. pages uh, kind of revived. But, yes, the, it is interesting if you scroll down that list, there are those jobs that you say to yourself, is this really a tech job? Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, there's a lot of IT stuff. Yeah. You know, well, there is, you know, but there's also you know, customer, customer support. support. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Customer yeah, support. Yeah. Is that really an IT job? It's yeah. it's for an IT company. So I guess you could say, yes, it's an IT job. So Well, and actually I got I got into a conversation with somebody about this this week, a client of mine, and we were talking about, about technology jobs and categories. And he was asking me about recruiters that, that I might know and so forth. And, um, um, so I said, well, you gotta get, you gotta get a little more narrow on the kind of jobs that you're filling. Tell me, tell me more about that. 
And it was the same sort of thing. I mean, some of the jobs were kind of a stretch in terms of are they technology jobs or not. And he was really viewing even even uh, somebody who knows uh, marketing automation systems well, um, you know, like HubSpot, for example, um, that he was considering that a technology job. And I said, no, 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 wait, wait a minute. That's that that's a marketing job just because the tools are different. Right. Yeah, um, exactly. That's, yeah. that's where you've got to sort of juggle it is like just yep. because it's a, a new tool doesn't necessarily make it a technology job. Right. And just, you know, somebody that uses, um, you know, that uses uh, you know, Microsoft Word. It's not a tech job. So, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> used to be used to be a full time job. Well, if but, you're, uh, <laughs> unless you're writing macros or something. Right. Exactly. I suppose. True. Yeah. True. Okay. Well, Tim. Uh, so, so Tim. Yes, we are always we always turn to Tim on the about Comcast, Comcast. World. and uh, good article by Julio Ada Zapata. Indeed, on, uh, Comcast so use tech ETA feature. Yeah, there's a lot of software coming out of Comcast in the next uh, little while, and this is the first one called Tech ETA, which is part of their My Account app, which mm-hmm. allows you to track techs as they come to your house. So, you know, you get a window of what is it, two or four hours, whatever, whatever it is. And um, then you you can actually see exactly when they're going to be at your house. So you, you can judge uh, when you should leave work to meet them. Well, so, I, I think this is great. Yeah, it's a good use of technology. Well, and it's also, this is obviously the number one complaint that people have about, you know, geez, I hung out all day waiting for the Comcast guy, you know, and you never show it. The cable guy, not necessarily Comcast. So yep. is there a button you can push on it that, like, gives a little shock to the cable guy if he's not there on time? <laughs> yeah. no, no, or late sort of thing? That maybe that's a stroke two of the app. I don't know. Maybe co- maybe so. I think that's a I think that's a brilliant idea, Phil. That's right. He has to wear a special Apple Watch with a shock feature. Yeah. Well, I will tell you that that this is this is good because the um believe it or not, Centerpoint Energy has their home service plus and we have all of our stuff um under the home service plus, you know, air conditioner, furnace, the whole deal, washer, mm-hmm. dryer, dishwasher. And when something goes out and you connect with them, they will give you a window and they will ask for a phone number that the tech can call. So wherever we happen to be, you know, we get the call, we can either A, come home right away, or B, we can actually open the garage door remotely with our <laughs> our uh, app and uh, let the person in, and then we can just meet them at the house. Um, and so it, it's helpful, but this, this sounds like this is going to be even tighter. Yep. So. Good use of technology. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good, good. Yeah. Uh, so what else is going on in the world of technology? Um, well, get, uh, well, oh, no, let's uh, talk yeah. about BuzzFeed. Okay. Let's talk about BuzzFeed. So the, the, well, the, I put this one in here. I, I have to say, I put this one in here because last week we talked about filter bubbles and then all of a sudden a product that you work on, Phil talks about filter bubbles. Yeah. What's well, it's, this is actually an, it's an initiative from BuzzFeed news. It's not anything that we've, uh, Oh, okay. Heard. Well, I saw the, I saw the smartphone app, uh, yeah, but you yeah, know, the, Phil, Phil's guys worked on that. Yeah. Well, the, the, you know, well, it's included in the app. Yes. It, the filter bubble is, uh, you know, it, it, it's something that everybody talked a lot about, uh, or the bubble filter or their filter bubble or, you know, just bubbles in general, that sort of a nice little, uh, you know, outgrowth of the, uh, uh the recent election because nobody saw, you know, what was coming because we lived in our own little bubbles. So it's a very big, a big discussion. It's not only a Buzzfeed, but it's a news in general. Uh, you know, the current administration is, you know, constantly blaming, um, 
unfavorable uh, articles about him as being fake news and trying to understand what other people see and 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 process. So yeah. this is just a sort of an ongoing, uh, I don't know, ex- exploration from BuzzFeed. We're constantly yeah, yeah. looking for those news things. I mean, we talked briefly about when BuzzFeed. Um, uh, uh, released the the thirty five page dossier. And, you know where does that fit in the world of journalism these days? So I mean that was a that's a you know a test of pushing the boundaries or right. or changing or or the changing face of journalism. This is the same sort of thing. Is is what kind of control can we give people, or what what help can we give people to get them outside of just this group that social media has really sort of has has made us coalesce in, you know, we're like, okay, we're, we only deal with people in with the same mindset and it just, that sort of precipitation. So, well, um, you know, we're going to do a gang mentality segment. We're going to talk about real versus fake news, and this is going to fit right into that. So should we go to that now and then we'll continue on yeah, with our top tech stories? Sure. Let's let's talk about that, well, about the concept of fake news and fact checking. Yeah. Well, can I, before we jump, jump leap into it, um, into the gang mentality segment, um, the, I would just like to just say one thing based on what you just said, Phil, mm-hmm. and that is um, back when um, it was, uh, you know, George W. Bush and, and, um, um, God, who was running against him? John Kerry. Uh, John Kerry, Al Gore. Yeah. No, Al Gore was George. Uh, H.W.? Yeah, was, which, no, yeah. it was George W. George Bush, w. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. so what, what I forced myself to do is because I was trying to keep my mental doors open and keep them open wide. And so I would literally, I you know, I've got the favorites on my remote, so I would literally go back and forth between MSNBC and Fox News. Or wow. CNN, Dude, MSNBC. That is hardcore. That's harsh. hardcore. And, well, That's okay, harsh. just wait, just wait, and then did you get any like third degree burns on that? <laughs> well, no, because every once in a while I'd stop on the Home Shopping Network. But anyway, <laughs> um, but no, in all seriousness, then I forced myself. I had six blogs on the conservative side and six blogs on the liberal side, um, and I would go back and forth. You know, I mean, for example, Powerline, the the local. One here, um, uh, which apparently Dick Cheney read all the time, read every day. And um, um, and I would do that versus, you know, Daily Kos or something, um, you know, and so forth. And so I go back and forth between these and I forced myself to try to look at the same article in both ways. So what I'm really wondering with this BuzzFeed news thing, what I would love is I would love to have things topic based so um the the news media gets kicked out of uh you know and buzzfeed was included cnn and usa today and and time uh the times la times and new york times were were not invited or disinvited <laughs> to the gaggle you know the the after the the cameras are rolling they're invited back into the the press um um yeah, area, I guess. Um, into Sean Spicer's office. Do they go into his office? Okay. Yes, that's and, why that there weren't a, that many people invited in. Yeah, and so they were they were uh, not allowed in, and um, um, and, and so there was a big big uh, brouhaha about that. Well, what's interesting is I'll go back and forth with with people on Facebook who are Trump supporters and uh, you know either college buddies or family or friends or whatever. And, uh, and I'll go back and forth with them 
on stuff like this. And what's interesting is that their perspective is, is that CNN and Politico and the time, New York times, you know, they're all liberal left wing rags. Um, and that they can't be trusted because the news is fake. And I would love to be able to read on just one topic, both sides. And yes, I can seek that out on my own and all that, but I'd love an app to do it for me. It's an opportunity. Yeah. Well, there you go. To so my, my problem with my problem with what Google's doing uh, it, it, with their fact checking is that they're using biased, uh, you know, liberal sources like like uh, Snopes, which is which is not necessarily casting some of the more conservative ideas right. in, the, in the most popular light. So they should really use other, you know, f- quote, fact checkers as well. They shouldn't be just Snopes. Right. Because then we'll get kind of a biased view of the world, which is, I think, the issue that uh, uh, was highlighted by Spicer, you know, not inviting some of those outlets in. Yeah. Right. Right. There's a lot of stories that are that are sourced by anonymous sources. And I think they're trying to smoke out who the leaks are. And this was one of their maybe ham handed attempts at trying to to do that because it sort of backfired on them. Trying to a little bit. Yeah. Well, right. As, as so many of the uh, policies and decisions that our current administration seems to be making. And I don't mean it. I don't mean that in a uh, conservative versus liberal. I just mean, you know, professional versus amateur. So I mean, just it, it, it's it's a very interesting predicament. You know, it's it's very difficult to talk about fake news and talk about liberal versus conservative journalism um, without sounding elitist, because, um, you know, it's very difficult to do that, because I believe that a lot of uh, a lot of the liberal slant media maybe uh, or or what is perceived as liberal slant is not necessarily liberal, but more um, it's more sensationalized. Uh, no, I think it's I think that it's fueled more by um, so much media is, is fueled by um, uh, passion versus fact. Uh, well, they have yeah. right the emotional the emotion emotional versus side versus your reason. You so, know, I, I I believe, and again, I know I have the liberal filter, but I believe that usually, you know, my sources for or for, for news, I think I look at things more based in fact, based in science, based in education. Whereas, um, you know, my viewpoint is it's less. There's less. Um, there's less education, there's less intelligence, there's less um, fact-seeking on the other side and more driven by, um, you know, in many cases, especially in the business community, what I think is, is uh, you know, a, a bias towards greed and, and uh, the, you know, the, the 1% or the 2% or whatever you want to say. Um, so what, I guess what I'm saying is it's hard to come off as, you know, it, this is what this is what, um, you know, Obama was was uh, accused of was being elitist yeah. when in actuality he was, I think, more educated. And um, so there is there is that you know, there, there is that lean towards, um, you know, somebody not as educated without the, the ability to afford the, the, the better education to have a completely different view of what's going on. And that, that's, I know that sounds elitist and I'm not so trying to sound that way, but here's the problem that I have is that depending on your viewpoint, you tend to gravitate toward the news outlet that agrees with your worldview. And then you're force fed within that worldview, the same 
you know, view, whether it's on the right or in the left. Mm -hmm. And it's very difficult to try to look at both the right and the left and triangulate and find very, the truth, yeah, right? It's very, it's very difficult these days to do that. Um, and I think that's where the problem is, is that there it's, we're so divided and we're so much in our own filter bubbles, right? And that trying to really understand what's, what's happening because there's so much editing and there, you know, if it doesn't fit into a particular narrative, it's just not reported. Well, that's that's the thing that I see is the, it's probably less about um, uh, about what what is true or false as to what is actually being reported. We lean, we, you know, we're 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 enamored with the bright shiny objects. You know, we're we're fed the sensational headline, whereas something that's probably much more important will have much more impact on a human's life. It, totally ignoring it because it's not as you know sexy to talk about or exciting to talk about or sensational to talk about. So I don't know. You know, the, I think there's another thing of, of what's real news and what's just you know not reported news. Well, I think there's there is a little bit of fake news, but there's not as much as what people think that it's truly that's this made up. Well, you know, there's a, you, there's, you a remember, lot, there's a lot of distorted and biased news. That's where the problem is. This is the same argument we've always had. We've, we've, or, or the challenge we've always had with blogging. Like, even it's like going, it's like with blogging. Yep. It's, it's going like back walking, to the early two thousands. Back the day when you would walk past the uh, the uh, magazine section at the grocery store and you'd be standing in line staring at uh, the Star or the National Enquirer <laughs> and all of these. Tom I mean, Cruise is having a baby. No one right, knew that exactly. he could be pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. exactly. So it's yeah. that's the sort of thing that's been going. Now it's just more accessible. Always on, always accessible. It's just, it's crazy. So, um, yeah. so you're saying I, those, I those alien, those aliens are not really uh, coming. Unfortunately, they're they're not. Not. you know. Well, we found, but here, we here's the other seven thing: seven new planets in another galaxy, here, far, far away. Well, here's the other thing. So, um, I have a family member who uh, he recently retired, and um, the guy has, I swear to God, is looking at every conspiracy website on the planet. And watching all of these YouTube videos and is totally 100% convinced that not only are extraterrestrial aliens among us, not just illegal aliens, um, uh, but that the greys have, you know, gotten into key roles in government and, you know, and so on. Plus there's this hidden cabal that is running everything and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Where the hell does all this come from? I mean, you know, I, I will often look at sites like that just for grins. But now I've got people who are using videos that are these just bizarre compilations of little snippets making arguments that, you know, here's proof that the news is fake coming from CNN and the New York Times and the Washington Post and so on. And you watch these videos and anybody that's got half a brain is going to look at these and say, come on. I mean, there's, there's just, just I mean, this is, yeah. yeah. Again, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. Well, but, but, yep. but here's the problem. The problem is, is Trump's position is that the mainstream media is biased and fake unless they're, you know, somebody like Fox News that's on his side, 100%, no matter what he says. And so he's, he's um, denigrating the media and he's causing fear, uncertainty, and doubt about whether or not anything people hear is true. Then he's bringing in people like, Inf you know, Alex Jones from Infowars and the Breitbart News, who are clearly out there 
way out there in in um, in left field or right field, whatever field you want to want to consider it. So, and so let me let me, let but, me ask. But, but so, just wait, just okay, wait. Oh so yeah, yeah. And so so now you have um, um, people, especially the Trump supporters, who are saying, you know. Okay, so I'm not. What I'm hearing from them is not true. So therefore, I'm going to seek my truth from the Trump administration and from Trump news outlets. And so that whole side is going to swing that way. And that's precisely what Steve Bannon has in mind. But I think the 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 um, the backfire here, the ba- the blowback on this, is the fact that the other fifty percent of the country realizes that. About seventy-five percent of what comes out of Trump's mouth is bullshit, and so you've got that—you know—that it, that it's the fake presidency, um, and so it's wow. just wow, what a what a just a. Uh, I think I think you should stop reading the New York Times. <laughs> so let me let me yeah. ask let me let me step back and and just ask you a question, and this is yeah. this is from a from a devil's advocate standpoint, is that you say you talk about it, your comment was the Infowars, the Breitbart's. Uh, are really out there, way out there. Okay, so what is it that informs you to make that statement? What is it? What is it that informs you to say they're out there? That's the question that I have because you know there are so many that agree with Breitbart and Infowars and seek them out as their source of truth. What is it that uh, informs your decision to say no? That's not the source of truth. I actually read the articles. I actually watch the videos. See, one of, one of the things that, I mean, I, I'm, I'm an incredible news junkie, and I will spend sometimes two or three hours in the evening reading um, posts and reading news articles. And so I actually go to Breitbart News, and I actually read the stuff. And, and most people don't. In fact, it was so funny because I got into a kind of a pissing contest with somebody on Facebook um, about certain things. And I posted this article and then he was slamming it because he says, I just dismissed that because of its source. Cause it was the New York times. And, um, and so I said, but did you read the article? No, I don't have to. And that was, that was the response. It's like, okay, you know, it's just like somebody looking at, at a book and saying, in fact, my wife used to, used to do this when we first got married is, is I, you know, I would sort of, sort of denigrate her choice of a specific book because it was, you know, about some, some la-la thing, you know, in terms of spirituality or something that seemed to be way out there. Oh, I thought she, it was Bridges of Madison County. No, That's no, no. The and, and, she, and she looked at me, she did this, we were like married for like a year and a half or two years, and she looked at me and she, she slams the book down on the counter and she said, look, you can have an opinion, we can have a discussion about this after you read the book. If you're not going to read the book, don't say another word to me about it. And I remember looking at her going, Okay, honey, <laughs> because yes, she was yeah. right. She was absolutely right. And that, that's how I am with most people. As I say, you know, if you haven't read it, then you can't have an opinion. And so I actually go and I, I read this stuff and I actually go and look at some stuff on the dark web as well that are these Ooh. hidden onion sites that are conservative stuff. And that, boy, if you want to have your hair curled, oh, my God, the, the stuff is way out there. But but I, I want to know what's going on. So I. I invest the time to do it. So. Well, getting back to these stories, though, yeah. uh, and what Google's trying to do with using AI to filter out uh, you know, discussion and debate online, 
it, it, based it, on it, harsh language, right? Right. It's a chilling. It's it, well. It's chilling because they can use that. It's it's only one step uh, uh, further to actually start to ban speech by using these tools, and that's and, where and where things get really bad. I agree, Tim. And banning it in a way where people aren't even aware it's being banned. Right. Right. Yep. Because it doesn't even show up; it's automatically Precisely. removed. Yes, and you know, I, I'm a I'm a user of Reddit, and I've seen over the past several months that Reddit is being uh, is being destroyed basically by by this type of technology that's that's banning stuff that that right. people don't want want people to see. Yeah, yeah, because that's, well, the whole point of Reddit with the voting system is that you vote the good stuff up to the top, right? You know, not the trolls and not the idiots who are putting in stuff that's factually incorrect and and, and, yep. and horrible and so forth. They just get voted down. Plus the community can kick them out. So, so let the, let the, the community, you know, Reddit just didn't want to be identified with some of these extreme right wing groups. Um, right. And, yep. and so they, they took steps to, to weed them out and all that. It's like, Hey, you know what? There's so many open source discussion forum software uh, that, you know, if this thing is not on a mainstream site, at some point somebody's going to put something together and it's going to be there, and then nobody's going to have access to it um, unless you join yeah. it, right? And uh, so, let it be mainstream. Let it be out there. So, all right. Well, let's talk. Let's get back into talking well, about uh, tech stories. Know, tech tech stories? stories. Is that what we're yeah, yeah, Let's so do what's, that. What's this cloud bleed thing, Steve? Okay, yeah. so the cloud bleed bleed thing is a uh so there's a there's a content delivery network and web application firewall called cloudflare yep and, and cloud go ahead what i said i use it it's good yeah it's yeah a good, it's a good well, tool I, i've used it on some sites um but it does make it a challenge that you know especially if people are bookmarking pages and all of that because it is changing things and also the issue here was the fact that the HTTPS, the secure transactions, were happening with Cloudflare and then um, uh, being passed through to the site, which may or may not be HTTPS. And there was a there was a hole in there. There was well, it's it's there, there's a proof of concept attack that was done by this Google bug hunter and uh, Google got involved as well, and they found that the uh, server encryption keys, passwords, and even the HTTPS requests of other users from major Cloudflare-hosted sites could be seen and could be obtained. And so that's why, uh, you know, the CEO of Cloudflare was just interviewed, and he came out and said, look, um, I'm not changing any of my passwords. This is such a, uh, you know, it's a proof of concept, but it wasn't out there in the wild, and we plugged it. I mean, it was out in the wild, but we plugged it, and there, there was no um, uh, news about it really released. And so it seems to be kind of a minor problem, but, you know, I'd still recommend you change your passwords. Well, in unrelated events, uh, the other night on a couple of my Google accounts, it, it was asking me to re-authenticate, which I thought was um, interesting. Yeah. Well, I th it was suspicious. So I changed all my passwords, but then I find out later it was some, you know, problem that Google had with their, their systems exactly. after they upgraded some stuff. Right, right. So especially I think with that, G it, especially with Gmail. 
yeah, you just have to be diligent and get into a, a habit of changing your passwords on a more regular basis. I agree. And, you know, I, and, I actually encourage people just put a calendar an, uh, alert, you know, on your put yeah. an alert on your calendar that, uh, you know, Friday morning at 8 a.m., three months out, I'm going to change all my passwords on my main sites. Yeah. Well, you can have LastPass or whatever password manager you use. LastPass is the one I use, and it you can have it do that automatically, you know, on a regular basis. Well, you can, but I found, also found a couple times where it didn't do it very well. So, but that's right, well. th that's the way that I had stuff set up. So I can't I can't say people shouldn't do that. But um, I had a couple of issues anyway. But okay. Google also found, uh, and, and anybody that runs their own server, Tim, Tim, you're probably dealt with this as well, is the, the SHA-1 algorithm was sunsetted, and, um, and toward the end of last year, there was a huge push on by all the certificate uh, authorities, because I was getting emails, um, and others to say, uh, you know, uh, 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 reinitiate re your certificate because SHA-1 is going to be deprecated. It's going to go away. Yep. And um, and so today, meaning yesterday, right? Uh, or meaning uh, the 23rd, which was a couple Thursday, of days ago, a couple of days ago, that Google yep. made major waves in the cryptography world because they announced a public collision in the SHA-1 algorithm, which a public collision uh, basically means that the the, the encrypted tunnel is gone if you can create that collision it breaks the algorithm and so this has actually been known for a while and it's actually been suspected that the nsa has been able to break sha-1 for almost a decade and so that means that other state actors probably can do it too so i would imagine it's yeah. a good thing so if you have a ssl certificate anyone um just make sure it's not SHA-1, uh, and if you don't know what to do, get get to your web host and, and get it changed uh, so that you are using a better encryption algorithm. Yep. So, because Google is now, uh, for those that don't know, Google is really, really pointing out in the Chrome browser whether or not a site is secure or not, or if it's using a an older certificate. So, all of your users are going to get screamed at. So, anyway... Well, here, here's another great story. What? Um, J. Walter Thompson, who, um, uh, you know, Dan Mallon and Scott uh, Littman sold their Imaginet company to and then went to work for him. Um, J. Walter Thompson is uh, an ad agency that started back in the early 1800s uh, and uh, has morphed and morphed and morphed. And uh, my wife actually sent to me the J. Walter Thompson Intelligence website url and said are you aware of these guys and i said well yeah i know who they are i just did not know that they were making this public so at some point they changed this and i put a link in the show notes about um their intelligence around um uh ar and ai and um uh, ai specifically is this one of the links here but it's really fascinating because it's like a little river of news it's an article from The Verge and from Fast Company and TechCrunch and Ad Age and uh, another one called The Business of Fashion um, and Business Insider and TechCrunch and The Economist. 
So it's a it's a great resource, and there's a bunch of different areas: lifestyle, health, culture, retail, um, and then they have these trend reports that you can get as well um, on all kinds of different areas. And so it's it's really a cool resource. So I just thought I would make sure that that got into the show notes. Mm, does look good. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And then uh, our pals at IBM. Our pals? Our pals. Pal- we're good, pals we're good friends with them, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, they continue pushing the envelope on uh, on Watson. Unfortunately, one of their their big healthcare uh, providers or, or customers um, um, right before the the uh, announcement that Gin- Ginny Rometty, the CEO of IBM, made at the HIMSS conference, which is the big health information conference uh, that just happened in Orlando. She was going to get up the next day and, and give a big speech about IBM Watson Health, the artificial intelligence thing. And, and, um, um, and so they basically said they weren't going to move forward on it which was a big blow, but, um, uh, she, she gave a really interesting talk, um, that I've been trying to find the video of, and I'll st- I'll look again today to see if it's been posted. Um, but she said that we're, we're really in a, in a place right now where we can actually transform many parts of healthcare. Um, and because of all the predictive analytics stuff with Watson and Watson's ability to basically consume every piece of information out there, all the reports, all the releases and everything else on specific areas and diseases within healthcare. Um, and, um, and this thing's going to continue to learn and learn fast. And I, I just think it's probably one of the, one of the most exciting developments ever. In fact, I was just in seeing my doctor. Tell me to shut up if I'm talking too much. Shut up. Okay. Well, what were you seeing? What were you seeing your doctor about? And that will determine whether we should okay. tell you to shut up. So, That's so, right. I, so I went into him because, you know, for about two weeks, I've had this just bizarre um, fatigue. And, and it's just like, oh, oh my God. I mean, I'm pumping caffeine like mad and and so on. And I, I don't know where it was coming from. So I went in because I, I had Epstein Barr back in the 90s. You know, the, oh. the the virus that gives you mono. Uh, by the way, 92% of adults in the world have the Epstein-Barr antibodies, which means that at some point you've had Epstein-Barr. Um, but um, so I wanted to see if that had flared up. And so while I'm in seeing him, he's saying, well, you know, we should just run this panel, metabolic panel. We should do this, this, blah, 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 blah. So everything comes back um, on Monday and 100% of everything is within normal ranges. And his, his note back to me was like, I don't know. I don't know what it is. And so... Um, get some sleep, Steve. Yeah, get more sleep. Right, right. Stop getting all those damn projects. Um, and so anyway, the punchline is, uh, I still have no idea, and it is getting better, so that's good. Um, but the punchline is, is as I was sitting there talking to this guy who I've seen for 20, 24, 25 years, um, who knows my background, knows everything about me, has you know, got all my stuff in his records and so on and so forth. I realized that here is a guy that can't see everything. He can't read everything. He can't be up on all the latest news and all that kind of stuff. And what would it be like if my doc could look at, um, you know, or type something in or put in all my symptoms into a Watson machine and boom, up comes, you know, three things that he hadn't even considered because he can't see everything. Yeah. But is that, is that, is that fake diagnosis? 
Yeah, I, I bet there's some HIPAA regulation that, that makes it difficult for that sort of transparency to, to actually take place. Unfortunately. Um, I don't know. It would depend. I mean, if, if he, he sold his practice, uh, the whole, the whole uh, thing to uh, Alina. And so if Alina did a deal with IBM and they had the Watson engine as a, as a uh, diagnostic tool, then everything would be secure from their terminals to the Alina data centers or wherever this stuff was housed. So I would think that mm. you could, you could easily make it HIPAA, HIPAA compliant. Well, I would hope so. Yeah, I'm sure. It's, I'm sure folks at like Mayo and and IBM are working towards that. Right, right. Sure. Diagnosis, though, I think there's so much uh, potential that uh, you know liability litigation that they're going to move very, very carefully in this true, space. True, as they should. Right, right. Absolutely. I yeah. I think that you know that that doctors should have tools, but the tools shouldn't tell the doctors what to do. No, I you know, absolutely it only agree. Report, report information that helps them make the right diagnosis. Right. I no, I totally agree. But again, but again, if you were on the hunt for a specific tool that you needed, um, mm -hmm. you know, some sort of a, uh, uh, you know, let, let, let's say you wanted to get a chat bot for a WordPress site, Tim, mm -hmm. and so you start looking at, you start doing your due diligence, and you're out there looking at chat bots, you know, blah 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 blah, and all. All of a sudden, you talk to somebody totally out of the blue at a trade show or something who says, well, hey, have you looked at the Dweebazar chatbot? And you're like, what? Oh, yeah. No, I never even what? heard never of it. Heard of no, it. But, oh, okay. no, but I never even heard of the, the Dweebazar chatbot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You really want to do this, and here's why, blah, 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 blah. And all the, all the cool kids are using it and so on. You're like, shit. And so you go back, and you look up the Dweebazar chatbot, and you're like, oh, my God, this is, per this is exactly what I've been looking for. And... Because you can't see everything. You can't look at every possible solution. Um, and so that's where a tool like, and you still have to make the decision if it fits into what you want. And if it's, you know, you, there's a bunch of criteria that you might know. How much does it cost? How hard would it be to implement? How much time would it take? Does it fit into my client's project goals? You know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You'd look at all that stuff and then you would decide, but at least maybe the system could give you enough additional information to say, Okay, this is these are all the chatbots that exist today, and we know of three others that have been alluded to uh, by this company, this company, and this company. Wouldn't that be cool to have that kind of additional information at your fingertips? Um, Indeed, it would. That's why I think um, uh, we should just give up right now because robots are, are destroying the American dream. And that's they're just, right. They're going to start podcasting and. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, no. This was by the editorial board of the New York Times. The fake news. Uh, As if, uh, we can't. We can't. We can't reference this. It's, and, it's, and they're saying they're it's saying that it's not killing the American dream. Robots so, aren't killing. Yes. Yes. So obviously robots are killing. the American Right. Exactly. <laughs> this is fake news. Oh, God. Yeah. No, we got a ways to go. Where do we go? What do we do? I'm so confused. Although I'll tell you, if you have a chance, watch. It's a British show called Humans, and it's about synths, which are androids, and about right. how they're into the you know the mainstream of of the country and so forth. And then the guy who originally invented them had code that's that one of the synths up, uploads, and because some of them have begun begun uh, being conscious, and it's it's really it's they're 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 talking about some of the stuff that's going to be pretty fundamental because. You know, once once a, once an AI becomes sentient, 
you know, is it a living organism? Is it, is it alive? Sounds like the yeah. plot of the series Westworld on HBO. That's exactly the same thing. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. Same, same, yep. same sort of thing. Um, and, and, but the funny part was, is watching one of the, one of the main characters, he got laid off from his job because of a, 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 a synth took over and it was a cost cutting move by his company. And so yeah. here, here he is online looking at a job board and it says jobs for humans. Hmm. Oh, God. nice. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was All right. humorous. All right. Any cool things? This oh, week? do we have cool things? Cool things? Yeah. We're the place to go for cool things. Tim, you, you go first, pal. All right. So I was looking around for a solution to turn a simple WordPress site into a um, native app. And I ran across this thing called Warona. It's been around for a few years now, but it's basically a service that allows you to do a simple app. Um, and it automates the process. And, it, uh, you know, I think it, it bears watching. It's very simple at this stage. Um, and it was not exactly what I was looking for, but it's, uh, you know, got me down the road a little bit to yeah. see what is possible, you know, by using... Uh, open source tools and and a WordPress plugin and and so forth. So, it's not uh, you know, it's not going to run uh, the, the you know uh, any uh, native app developers out of business. But it's another tool that you know may work for a lot of people, especially bloggers and small business people. Yeah, so cool. It is just uh, you know something to look for. It's free. Uh, although if you actually want to make an app, it costs you some money but they show you how you can do it yourself too. So. Very cool. Mm -hmm. All right. Nice. Mr. Phil. Okay. Well, you know, we always, we always talk a lot about smartwatches and you know, I'm a slave to, uh, to tradition. I like, an, I like, um, I like a functionality of smartwatch, especially on notifications. Um, okay. But I also like the look and feel of, um, you know, the classic watch with yeah. the candle arms. Well, somebody, you know, and, and the uh, Fossil Q was sort of an attempt at this, but uh, had a, I, I've got a lot of problems with the Fossil Q and the fact that the, the haptic response or the haptic vibration is negligible. So it's really very difficult to actually feel a notification and that they also use an led light system that nobody pays any attention to because how often are you staring at your wrist uh but uh this is a, a new watch uh that's put out by uh, it's called the z time it's going to be available i believe it's september of this year um mechanical it, hands it's mechanical hands with a screen background uh, which is again another step up from what we talked about. What we talked about with the with the fossil Q, which is really a mechanical face, completely. So there are no notifications and that sort of thing. So this combines, you know, the the touch screen video screen with the mechanical hands and thirty so, day battery life and a thirty day battery life on the clock. It doesn't really necessarily indicate how long the you know the technology you know the, the notification piece will work necessarily. Very but, cool. But the clock itself uh, will run for thirty days on a charge, so, and Very it's one ninety nine. Supposedly one ninety nine coming up, so we'll see. Hmm. Very cool. Well, so mine is technically not a a um, technology thing, but it was on Kickstarter. <laughs> so I I said, hey, there's a gray area, and it's the official world's greatest troll sculpture, um, uh, and it's Donald Trump as a troll. 
And I got to tell you, I just, uh, I just <laughs> laughed. This is frightening, actually. It is very, it's, it's very scary. <laughs> this is um, frightening. But you it, should put "not safe for work" on the uh, on the. Oh, oh man, man. it it is. Um, um, you know, the guy's going to have it traditionally molded, and the kicker is, is as I'm looking at this now, it says there's 6,694 backers. They've got 18 days to go. The guy yeah. wanted to raise thirty eight thousand to do this. He's raised three hundred thousand <laughs> as as I speak. And actually, it was it was two eighty five this morning. So that's how many additional backers have come out just in the last hour. Wow! Um, and so he's definitely going to make this thing. And you know, you can make you can uh, pledge five bucks or more if you want one of the dolls. It's twenty five dollars or more. Um, I and I, anyway, I just thought it was hilarious. So, so when does he get sued? Yeah, well, it's 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 a caricature. Yeah, it's satire, so it's it's protected. Yep, you would yeah, think. Yeah, it is currently. Let's just say that currently. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's only All one right. new event that we put in this week, and it's uh, Tech Cities 2017, March 3rd at the U of M Carlson School. Um, and it does look like an interesting conference. It's only if you're uh, uh, not a student. Uh, I think it's eighty bucks to uh, to go to the conference. But um, looks very looks very interesting. And the keynote speaker is uh, the Target CIO Mike McNamara. Uh, so he's going to talk about technology to Target's the importance of it to Target's future and the entire Twin Cities business community, as well as his perspectives on Minnesota's tech landscape. So should be a should be a good event. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Inter yeah, there are some interesting topics here, setting up shop at MN. My firms come here and stay here. Like they'll have speakers yep. from Amazon and Sports Engine and Branch Messenger and uh best places to work in Minnesota tech. Um so that's Best Buys blend for successful tech teams. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it looks like a really great conference and it's very reasonably priced. Yep. So there you go. I like it. All right. Nice job. So, well, let's see what happens next week and then we'll talk about it next week on the Minivate Gang Podcast. See you then. Take care. 